0: Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Har, and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast, where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please
1: Tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you, and enjoy your podcast. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast, where there is no off season.
2: Welcome to the final off-season, I guess, edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast. It's our last recording, fellas, before we get real NFL football, possibly even get some starters on the field, unlike the preseason. I'm Dan, with me again is Matt and Ryan for the podcast. It's our annual prediction show, guys, one of my favorites to record each year because we, all three of us get to really make a mockery of ourselves and and make horrible choices and you know luckily nobody (laughs) really goes back and and calls us out on them but uh it's a lot of fun to do for sure and and we're going to kind of follow the same outline that we did a year ago we'll try to forecast some fantasy predictions and then we'll try to make some predictions about the NFL season we'll wrap things up with a couple of dynasty questions for our listeners as well so let's get right to it we're going to start with rookie of the year but instead of just picking one player guys let's go position by position starting with quarterback uh seems like a clean sweep here it'd be surprised if anybody took anybody but Kyler Murray but Matt who did you take as your rookie quarterback of the year you're
0: going to be real surprised but it's Kyler Murray (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who are the other options, really? I mean, Haskins, Daniel Jones. I mean, I'm sure they're both going to get on the field at some point, but Kyler's going to be starting from day one. Uh, I don't think we've seen anything that Arizona is going to do this season in the preseason performances from them other than Kyler just, uh, you know, kind of demonstrating his ability. In terms of accuracy, get outside the pocket and that kind of things. But in terms of, like, play speed, number of plays run per game, you know, schematic kind of stuff, I just don't think we've seen anything about what this offense is going to do. And that early part of the schedule is certainly rough uh, especially going to Baltimore and that kind of thing early in the season. But, you know, as as the schedule opens up, I think we're really going to see Kyler and the rest of this offense kind of take off, especially in the second half of the year. So it seems to me like he's the only choice
1: here. I did consider actually going with Daniel Jones for this question. Uh, I I thought back to last year and uh, it's, it's tough to have perspective after, after we saw and, and know how the season ended, but, this time last year, there there were at least some questions about Baker Mayfield because he didn't earn the starting job to start the season, uh, which is, of course, the same situation with Jones. And, and Jones was far more impressive than almost anyone thought he would be uh, even though it was just, just preseason action. But when it came down to it, I couldn't go away from Kyler Murray either. Matt, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I'm excited to see the Cardinals offense and, and actually looking over a lot of the questions that were going to be uh, categories and questions that we're going to be talking about today. There were a lot of Cardinals that came up on my list. So that just, just kind of showed me how excited I am for that offense this year. It, part of Part of this question is, certainly related to Kyler Murray and his talent and his upside, but it's also it also just goes to show uh, the level of competition he has uh, for, from other rookie quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, and I think it, it goes to show the amount of weapons that they added in Arizona and, and how a lot of us Dynasty owners are pretty excited about what they're doing there and the potential for him to not only be a, a big-time player in the passing game, but also with his legs. Let's move on to some other players that are going to make some noise with their legs. Let's go to the uh, rookie running back of the year. Ryan, we'll start with you this time.
1: Yeah, I went with Miles Sanders on this one, and I, I think there's there's certainly a lot of competition. Sanders and, and Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery have uh, kind of been at the top of m- most rookie drafts and rookie rankings throughout the offseason, but we've had a lot of uh, a lot of the second and third tier players have, have gained quite a bit of value and and have earned uh, meaningful, meaningful roles for their own offense. So um, it it's another reminder that we should be investing in those rookie running backs early in their career. And, and maybe we can wait on the wide receiver position. But uh, going back to Sanders. I just think he's the most talented back in the class. I think he's in a great offense. I'm still not worried about Jordan Howard, despite all the uh, off season news that we always hear about him uh, as far as using him as a pass catcher and things like that. Not worried about any of that. And it it just boils down to talent for me. Yeah. I
0: I echo Ryan here as well. Uh, Sanders just, I just think he's in the best situation. He has an incredible offensive line, incredible offense around him. You know, if he can stay healthy and, and keep the ball in his hands, he's had a little bit of a fumbling issue. Um, but it just seems like the coaching staff is pretty enamored with him Have constantly said he's the best back in the backfield all offseason. So, uh, yeah, Sanders seems pretty obvious here. I think Jacobs is certainly a consideration just because of sheer volume. There's a chance that – Sanders gives away goal line touches and some, maybe gives up some touchdowns to Jordan Howard. Uh, And, you know, if, if Darren Sproles is going to be Darren Sproles, then maybe he gives up some receptions to him as well. Uh, But I think in the end, by the time we get to the end of the season, that Sanders is clearly going to have the, the the running back one role in Philadelphia lockdown.
2: Yeah. I might've seen the question in a little bit different light guys. I, I agree with everything that you guys said, that Sanders is going to be the guy at some point this season. And, and I tend to feel like it's going to be late in the season that we finally get to see that. And I, maybe I didn't see that as the rookie running back of the year. I considered Jacobs and Montgomery and, and Sanders and even thought of Devin Singletary with the, you know, the news of what happened in Buffalo over the weekend on their depth chart at running back. But I landed on Justice Hill and he's been a guy I've been banging the drum for all, all off season. It feels like he's going to have standalone value in that offense Uh, fits in perfectly with everything they're trying to do with all the speed that they're putting on the field with Lamar Jackson at quarterback and and some of those wide receivers that they've surrounded him with. It, It feels to me that like, the Ravens are going to try to get Justice Hill on the field and, and on the perimeter to make big plays. I think that's going to translate into one of those big jumps in ADP, and Dynasty owners are going to be wishing that they, they had a little more Justice Hill on their rosters. With that, let's move on to the rookie wide receiver of the year. There's a lot of options here, Matt. Who do you pick?
0: Yeah, I went with DK Metcalf. I just, you know, the injury con- considerations to start the year is a little bit of a concern, but the, you know they got rid of Ferguson, so they got rid of uh, David Moore's hurt, so I just feel like they are confident that he's going to be ready to go. Uh, Lockett's going to do his thing, but I just, I just I just really like what Metcalf is going to bring to that offense, and I don't think that anybody else that they have on that team is going to be able to do what he has to do. He has the best quarterback I think of, of really any of these rookie wide receivers right now, at least in terms of what, combined with the quarterback and their role in the offense, so uh, I, I just really like what he's going to be able to do. Even if it's on limited touches, he's a guy that can, you know, make your entire fantasy week and in, in literally one play. So uh, even if he has you know 100, maybe even less than 100 targets, maybe he sees 85, 90 targets, then I think that he's going to be you know towards the top of those rookie wide receiver rankings.
1: I like the Metcalf, uh, the Metcalf call for sure, Matt and they also got rid of they also cut Jerron Brown who was being viewed as uh as a starter and a guy with maybe some short term uh fantasy value and then you know just a few days later he's gone so uh tough to predict what that wide receiver depth chart is going to look like but it i think that all is good news uh for Metcalf this this was a tough one for me. You look at the uh, the top valued rookie receivers, and essentially all of them have lost value mostly because of injury. Uh, Matt talked about Metcalf with his injury, but Nikhil Harry, AJ Brown, Paris Campbell, Marquise Brown, uh, all of those guys have missed some time this preseason and, and through training camp with injury. Uh, I ended up settling on a Cardinals wide receiver, not the one I would have uh, maybe thought I would have picked. A couple weeks ago, or even a couple months ago, but I went with Keyshawn Johnson. It sounds like he's earned a, a starting job in in three wide receiver sets. Uh, certainly has outperformed his fellow rookies, and and we know Hakeem Butler ended up on the IR, so we won't uh, won't see him at all this season. Um, again, I'm just it, really excited about that Cardinals offense, and I think uh, Keyshawn Johnson is going from a guy who was a third or fourth round rookie pick not so long ago to to a guy who can really make an impact and maybe see starting lineups uh, in, in our fantasy leagues.
2: Yeah, I, I hope you're right about that, Ryan, because I have Keyshawn Johnson all over the place. I was one of those guys that was able to get him in those third and fourth rounds, uh, collect him in a lot of spots. I considered him. I also considered Isabella because I I I remain high on him. I'm going to go with one of those guys that you alluded to that have struggled with those injuries, and it's Paris Campbell. And there's probably a lot of listeners out there saying, maybe scratching their heads and saying, uh, really, you know, Jacoby Brissett now, no Andrew Luck and, and the other weapons that are already in place on that offense. I've been a Paris Campbell supporter for a long time, feels like this Colts coaching staff. Uh, particularly the the offensive coordinator and the head coach are in love with Paris Campbell and what he can bring to that team. Yes, he was brought down just a little bit due to that hamstring injury that he had early in the off season that got into the preseason, but we saw what he was able to do in that last. Preseason game, he caught a few passes, uh, made one big play. Could have had another really big play had Chad Kelly delivered the ball accurately. Um, that seems like something they're going to try to do early and often with Paris Campbell. Some of us got bargains on him. We saw him falling to the second round of late rookie drafts. Uh, feels like a guy that that is going to skyrocket up draft boards going into into this season and throughout the year. By next year, he'll be worth quite a bit more, in my opinion. Let's move on to our final group of rookies. That's the tight end position, Ryan. Who do you have over there?
1: Yeah, I went with Noah Fant. This is another tough one. Again, we usually don't expect a ton of production from that position, from the tight end position for the rookies. But uh, for me, it it still has to come down to Fant versus uh, his former college teammate, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, and I, I just think Fant is in a better position to produce right away. I think they're uh, going to have to throw the ball uh, quite a bit in Denver. And we we all know about the Joe Flacco narrative that he, he does like throwing to his tight ends. Uh, and, and honestly, I just think depending on, on Emmanuel Sanders' status, uh, I think Fant might be the best pass catcher on that team uh, when compared to the young receivers that they have. Ryan, I like that pick. I went with Noah Fant as
2: well for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. And although I all offseason had Hawkinson ranked higher in my dynasty rankings, I I was in a contract league rookie draft just the other day and had Fant above him because it feels like Fant has a better opportunity to make a bigger splash early in his career. and, And when you have that shorter window with the contract Uh, contract leagues it it feels like you should get early production I think Fant will deliver that I think there's a chance that he puts up semi-consistent back end wide receiver one uh, top end wide or excuse me tight end one top end tight end two type numbers because he should get get some balls he'll 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 get uh, he'll be looked at regularly in that offense as a check down option he should be on the field regularly and while the same can be said about Hawkinson I don't know if it's going to be to that level. So I went with Fant as well. Matt, did you make it a clean sweep?
0: I didn't, and I've I've gone the reverse of you, Dan. I've I've had Fant, you know, as my number one tight end in, in, in terms of rookies for most of the offseason, but I've kind of recently flipped the, to Hawkinson, mostly because of the player that Ryan mentioned in in uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I just think they're him him and Flacco are going to have the real connection in that offense. You know, they have several receivers there that that can they can play the part. Whereas Hawkinson, you know, it, I guess it is, again it depends on how they're going to use him and everything, but that just like behind Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, like there's nothing. They have Travis Fulgham, Chris Lacey, I guess. Danny Amendola for however long he's healthy so I just think that he's going to be more involved that, than we really think he is he's going to be on the field all of the time uh, whether as a blocker or a receiver so uh, and, and I've been a little bit more impressed with what I've seen for out of him in the, this preseason and offseason than I have been from Fant with a lot of his concentration jobs drops a little bit of you know a little bit of banged up uh, kind of nagging stuff here and there with Fant so uh, I've kind of flip flop, but Fant is a is a fine obviously a fine fine choice as well I just have Hawkinson just a little bit a smidge above them right now
2: yeah it, it, it's hard to see a set of rookie rankings and not see those guys not only side by side in positional rankings but usually side by side in the overall rookie rankings as well let's do one more rookie question guys I want to know we've we've talked about a lot of the big names Kyler Murray and miles Sanders DK Metcalf and the and the tight ends guys that are going in the first and second round of rookie drafts let's talk about the guys from a lot lower in those rookie rankings and find try to identify the most impactful jump in ADP from today until next September Matt who would be your guy
0: yeah I went with another rookie tied in and I guess number three in this class for me right now Irv Smith Jr. Uh, I just think that Minnesota is going to play a lot of 12 personnel again a, a pretty narrow uh, target distribution there in Minnesota behind Thielen and Diggs at receiver. They have Chad Beebe, who uh, you know it could probably be a good player out of the slot. Ola B.C. Johnson, a rookie. I uh, I just don't think I just think that Irv Smith is going to be the third option in that passing game and and I think Kyle Rudolph is going to be used in line to block a lot. That's more of his strength and Irv is going to be out there running routes. Uh, he's got that wide receiver number out there. He just he, he's he's really impressed me in these last couple of preseason games uh, and the end of this offseason here. So Irv Smith at 160 overall right now, I think he could you know have like a Dallas Goddard kind of like kind of season and in, in, in ascension for 2020.
1: I think that one makes a lot of sense because. I think it's fair to also expect Rudolph to uh, to be cut following this season. I know he got that contract extension, but that was um, n- not really what it, you know, not really what it was reported to be or what it looked like uh, on the surface. That virtually a year by year deal. So they they nearly cut Rudolph uh, this current offseason and, and could definitely move on from him if Smith. Uh, plays like you think he might, Matt. Uh, I went. I went back with the guy I've already talked about, Keyshawn Johnson. His wider, his ADP right now is uh, one seventy five overall. So if uh, if he does kind of live up to uh, the hype and the expectations, then uh, I think he he easily gets into the top one hundred at a at a minimum.
2: Yeah, I really like both of those selections. And originally, I had Darwin Thompson in as my choice for the guy that's going to make the whole the, the big jump. And I considered changing it with the news, of course, that Shady McCoy is going to end up in Kansas City. I decided to stick with it, though. He seems like the electrifying option in that backfield. He's going to get some chances. And considering the age of the other running backs in kansas city and the youth with darwin thompson and his quick legs i think it'll only take a handful of really big plays and kansas city staying out of the running back market for just long enough uh at the end of this season and through the beginning of the preseason for darwin thompson to to get a lot of hype going into the offseason a year from now I think he could make, make that big jump into the top 100 pretty easily as well. Let's transfer right over to second-year players, guys. Somebody that makes a big jump in ADP from today until next September uh, among these sophomore players. Ryan, who do you have here?
1: Have I mentioned I like the Cardinals' offense this year? I don't know if you have. <laughs> I went Elaborate, with, uh, I w- please. I went with Chase Edmonds. Uh, of course, the backup running back to David Johnson. And and this is not any kind of prediction that uh, that DJ is going to be a bust or get injured or anything like that. It really just uh, comes down to that offense and, and how fast, basically, we all expect them to play, how many... How many offensive plays they're going to get in a game, and uh, if Edmonds is even, you know, seeing a backup or, or a kind of a, I don't know, one B is is probably probably being too kind to him, but uh, even in that backup role, I think he can play a significant role for fantasy uh, and put up some points and certainly gain some value. He's at 176 overall, just like, uh, just like his teammate Keyshawn Johnson, who is one spot in front of him. I think they can both be top 100 guys this time next year.
2: Yeah. I really like that pick Ryan. He's a guy I considered as well. And you know, really with Edmonds, he's, one injury away from being a a really big name in in our game, so I have Edmonds in a few places. I I think there's a chance of standalone value, which you were alluding to. We you know you like all these all these Cardinals, and I don't even think you've mentioned how poor that defense is going to be, how they're going to be playing from behind, and there's so many fourth quarter points for them to get. Edmonds is one of the guys that we should look at as as maybe the main beneficiary of that poor defense if they're playing from behind and if they're behind enough they may not be willing to risk dj out there on the field uh it would be chase edmonds catching those passes and picking up those ppr points so matt who did you go with for your second year player
0: I really liked the Edmonds call, and and I was looking at my roster today, and I have zero. So I need to try to fix that (laughs) before Thursday. Uh, I I went with James Washington, though. I've just been so impressed with what I've seen from him this this offseason. He slimmed down a little bit, looks quicker. Uh, you know, not as much of the. I mean, he's still got the physicality and can win the ball at the catch point and all that, but I just think he looks so much quicker and faster than he did last year. Uh, has made some really sp- big splash plays in the preseason here. Uh, and I know that Moncrief is ahead of him on the depth chart, but I think we're really going to be talking about James Washington by, you know, you know, once Moncrief runs the wrong route and. Uh, fumbles the ball or whatever I think Washington is really going to start taking over that role we saw two receivers last year obviously Washington is probably not in the same category as Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster but there's a lot of targets there to go around uh, and I think Washington is going to be the recipient of that so at 125 overall right now I think he's easily into the you know top I don't know, 75, 80 players easily, and, and maybe even higher than that if he, if he hits that you know close to 900-yard kind of mark that, that I think he can in this, this season in 2019.
2: I went with another wide receiver in the same range, Washington, of course, at 125. I took Mac- Michael Gallup at 127. Uh, Gallup was a guy that I was slow coming around to early in his rookie season, and as I watched him more as the season progressed – And once Amari Cooper got there and started taking some coverage away from him, it it felt like he was improving. And, and man, he looked good, especially in that postseason game. I think he had a 100-yard game, and, and he was regularly targeted. And it seemed like something that they were trying to do. He's a... Extremely young player, um, definitely a guy whose value has gone up in the off season. I watched their preseason game against the Texans a couple of weeks ago, and he flashed a few times. And and you might look at the the stat line and say, "Well, I think he caught one pass. Uh, He had another one taken away from penalty, another poor pass that could have been a big play." And in the regular season, it seems like Dak Prescott. Would, would make those throws. So it feels to me like Gallup could take, take a big jump. Um, he was a consideration for some of these other choices that we're going to talk about here as well. But uh, I, in fact, I think I added him one other time. Um, Gallup's a guy that I wish I had on more teams as we enter the season. Uh, a lot like what you said there, Matt, with with Chase Edmonds. I only have Gallup on a couple of teams. It, it should be more than that. Let's talk about some sleepers. Not, not necessarily uh, rookies, but could be. Somebody lower on the uh, depth chart, maybe, or on the on the cheat sheets when you when you did your startup this off season, or uh, or was trying to build your team. Let's go through the
0: positions once again. We'll start with sleeper quarterbacks, Matt. Who do you have? I waffle. I'm, I'm going to throw two out. Uh, the one I officially went with was Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Twenty four last season was obviously not good, uh, but if we look back over the past seven eight years, he's been a top ten quarterback at the end of the year all except for last year and one other one which the year eludes me right now but for the most part he's been a top 10 quarterback throughout his career so at the very last quarterback two spot there I mean if you are really waiting and waiting on quarterback or maybe you take one of these these younger upside guys like you're going to talk about then he might make a great quarterback two uh on on a one quarterback team and and as a as a, a an excellent I think quarterback two on a super flex team so Uh, he seems to be pretty undervalued right now and the other one I was going to throw out is not even being drafted as of August ADP obviously I think this is going to change in September but Jacoby Brissett we we threw a lot of cold water on him last week but I didn't realize a lot of a lot of things you know when he when he first took the field for the for the Colts uh, a couple of years ago when luck was hurt it was a really bad situation he had really no time to learn the offense or anything like that Uh, and then this offseason I really discounted the fact that he's it's come out that he's had you know like 1200 offensive snaps with the starters this year He's really learning that offense. He's had a chance to see what Luck and has been doing, and how he's run the offense. So I'm kind of I'm kind of moving Jacoby Brissett up my quarterback ranks a little bit too. So those would be my two for sleepers.
1: I went with Josh Allen here, and we look at look at his performance from a year ago. We've all heard the the stats that the last month of the season he was the QB one overall and you look at what the Bills have done this off-season: upgraded wide receiver, upgraded running back. There's really little reason to think he might, um, you know, that he might struggle. Now, certainly I, I wouldn't expect him to finish as the QB1 throughout the whole season, but I think he can be a QB1, meaning a top 12 quarterback. And right now he's being drafted as the quarterback 17 in Dynasty. He's behind Drew Brees and you know, of course, all all respect to Drew Brees, but um, I mean, if we get one more good season out of him, that would be, you know that that would be pretty much as much as we can expect. I think he's he's behind Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's uh, he's nearly two rounds behind the guy who I think he's most often compared to, uh, which is Lamar Jackson. So I I love Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think he is is another great player to target. Also outside of that QB1 range, but I think Allen should be valued basically in that same range.
2: Yeah, I like the Allen choice for sure. Matt, I like the Jacoby Brissett choice. Not so sure about the Matthew Stafford one. I think last year's version of Stafford is probably closer to what we'll see than those other years with that coaching staff. Uh, Unless you're playing DFS in week one, Matthew Stafford against that Arizona defense seems like a lock. I went with Lamar Jackson, as you said there, Ryan. Uh, We said coming in that maybe that was cheating, picking picking the quarterback 13 as a sleeper and a guy that – uh, so many dynasty owners are already excited about. I'm not picking him as a sleeper quarterback one, uh, as in top twelve. I'm f- picking him as the sleeper quarterback one overall. I think I think there's a very good chance uh, he is a top five quarterback. In fact, he was after he took over last year uh, in fantasy. He was he was in the number five fantasy scoring quarterback, and a lot of that had to do with the running and and you know those fifteen rushing attempts per game that they've continued to say they're going to try to scale back from, I don't think it's happening. He's going to run the football. He's going to make a lot of big plays. He did it in the preseason. I watched him twice, and both times I came away thinking he's the most electrifying player in the game. I think that's going to translate all year long, and Lamar Jackson will be a top three, four, five quarterback in our game, and and Dynasty is going to reflect that a year from now.
0: He had, Danny had 700 rushing yards in seven games. And I'm, I don't, you guys have probably seen it by now, but the stats are that seven of the eight quarterbacks who have run for 700 yards have been, you know, top five quarterbacks. So, I mean, if he can run for 700 in seven games, I'm pretty sure he can get there in 16. So I, I like that call a lot. Yeah. He, he
2: seems like a lock. I can't believe he's quarterback 13 in, in dynasty. It doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, it'll change very, very soon. So I'm sure by October that will he'll cut that in half, if not more. Uh, let's go to running back guys. Um, I chose Matt Breda as my sleeper running back, currently running back 47. And there has been some news that would probably have changed that. Uh, Of course, Tevin Coleman is in place there, but Jarek McKinnon going on IR uh, has bumped Matt Breda up draft boards, at least redraft boards. Uh, It seems like he's the consistent there. I'm not necessarily a huge Tevin Coleman fan. It feels like at the very worst, it's like a sixty forty split, and at the best, it might be a sixty forty split in favor of Breda. So, if if I'm uh, looking to add a cheap running back to get me through 2019, Matt Breda is the guy I want to add. Who's up, Ryan? Why don't you go? Who do you who do you choose as your sleeper running back?
1: Sure, I had uh, I had Nahim Hines here. He's the RB forty-two right now. Uh, we saw him produce last year, of course, mostly in a pass-catching role for uh, for the Colts. And uh, we had Curtis Patrick on the Dynasty Blueprint last week, and he really made a, a strong case for Hines uh, in that we can expect the the Colts to uh, be behind in more games, at least than they were last year with uh, with Andrew Luck under center uh, and. Then looking at his teammate, Marlon Mack, the majority of his production, I think this came from uh, not only Curtis, but from Scott Barrett as well. The majority of Mack's production, fantasy production, came when the Colts were, uh, were ahead in the game. So if you think that they're, they're going to be behind more with Brissett this year, they're going to be having to throw the ball more, that, uh, that gives some value to Hines.
0: Yeah, I like both of those. I like that we all three went with kind of secondary backs, too. (laughs) Uh, I went with Chris Thompson from the Redskins, running back 68 currently. Uh, I think he's going to have that receiving back role all to himself, and always the question with him is if he can stay healthy. You know, uh, 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 Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis are going to, you know, cannibalize each other a little bit for those early down roles, and, I, and Darius Geis I think is a fine receiver, but not to the extent that Chris Thompson is. So uh, if you're at a – especially on bye weeks, injury relief, things like that, if you're just looking, looking for a floor play, I think Chris Thompson is excellent there and obviously has the uh, the upside a little bit too. Um, all three of these guys we picked are excellent receivers. So I think we did did well with our sleeper running backs. Yeah,
2: this is the one I think we'll keep track of because I think we there's a good chance we're all right on this one. (laughs) Let's go to sleeper wide receivers. Maybe we'll, we'll all be correct on this one as well. I went back to the well with Michael Gallup. I already talked about him. He's wide receiver 54. You guys dug a little bit deeper, though, Matt, who'd you choose?
0: Yeah, I went with Emmanuel Sanders. I just – I don't know. Every time I watch him, I just I just think that he's the one who's going to form that that rapport with Joe Flacco, the veteran receiver presence there, the one that knows how to get open despite this Achilles injury. I was as down on him as anybody else when we, when, it, when it first happened. You know, he's so old, 31, 32 years old. How is he going to come back from this? Look at what Demarius Thomas did. I know he came back and had that splash game in week four, but he still got cut anyway. Uh, so Sanders, I think, is going to be the – if if he's not the, the leading receiver on that team in terms of just the number, raw numbers, I think he's going to be Joe Flacco's favorite target there. And at wide receiver 66, if you're a team who has you know a lot of young running backs in your team and you're struggling at wide receiver, guys like Emmanuel Sanders, guys like Larry Fitzgerald that can be had super cheap, just mostly because of their age, I think is going to be able to fill in a lot of production for your team.
1: Yeah, the, Matt, the Sanders call feels a little bit like cheating, though, right? I mean, he he only <laughs> lost value because – Half the community didn't think he would ever play again, and and here he is, somehow defying the odds. If if he stays healthy, he'll certainly outproduce that wide receiver, wide receiver sixty six ADP. And uh, I mean, what he's done, just even even through the preseason, has has really been crazy. So hopefully. Uh, Hopefully he does stay healthy, though. That's that's a great story. I went with Dante Moncrief, and uh, for a lot of these picks, it really just came down to which offenses do I want to invest in. I talked about the Cardinals quite a bit already, and I think the Steelers and their passing offense is one we should always believe in. Uh, Mon- Dante Moncrief is wide receiver 58. It looks like he uh, has won the, the wide receiver two job ahead of James Washington, who we, we mentioned earlier. And I, I do still like Washington and dynasty as well. But uh, we've also heard a, a little bit of maybe cold water being thrown on the Vance McDonald hype train. I'm not sure how much I believe that. But there's, there's a very real chance that Moncrief is the second in line for targets there behind Juju in Pittsburgh. And, and again, I want pieces of that Steelers offense.
2: Yeah, I like that choice for sure. Moncrief is a guy I am invested in, so I uh, I wouldn't mind you being right on that one. Let's move on quickly to sleeper tight end, guys. I took Jack Doyle currently. Tight end twenty five. I think everybody's probably heard about the success that Doyle had with Brissett under center a couple of seasons ago. I'm not scared of Eric Ebron. Uh, it seems like they're another team that that are going to get both of their tight ends on the field. And Brissett has a rapport with Doyle. Uh, he seems like he seems like a safe bet to outplay his,
1: I guess, tight end three ADP at tight end twenty five. Uh, Ryan, who would you go with? I went with uh, Jordan Thomas. I dug dug deep on this one. the uh, The Texans is an, is another offense, especially after the moves we've seen them make recently. An, another offense I want uh, pieces of, and uh, it's it's tough to get some of them, like Deshaun Watson and and DeAndre Hopkins. Jordan Thomas, not so tough. He's on waiver wires in in a lot of leagues, and he's tight end forty in our current ADP. But essentially, I think he's I think he's the best tight end on the roster. I really liked wearing coming into the uh, into the off season as or once they drafted him I should say but uh, he's struggled with injuries and I think uh, I think Thomas has kind of emerged as the uh, the guy to own there so uh, again want want to invest in that Houston Texans offense and he's that's an easy way to do it.
0: Yeah, I f- actually filled out this sheet last of the three of us, and the, the first two that came to mind before I came and looked at it was, was Doyle and, and Jordan Thomas, actually. So I went a different direction. I kind of mailed it in a little bit, I guess, by picking Irv er Smith Jr. My same answer for the one uh, most impactful rise in ADP, uh, I, just for all of the reasons I mentioned before. He's tied in 19 currently, and I see him as a you know, top 12 to 15 guys by the by the time we get to this time next year. Let's talk about our sponsor, Reality Sports Online. By now, most of you guys have heard about Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz is about in the Dynasty community. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, Franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock-free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code DLF10 to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com.
2: All right, guys, before we get to some NFL season predictions, let's quickly go through just a few more fantasy uh, predictions. We'll start with ADP changes, most likely top 12 player in the ADP currently that drops out. Uh, in one year, Matt, who is your guy?
0: This one was really hard. I know we did this exercise with just the running backs and the wide receivers the last couple of, of shows, uh, but once we combined them all, I just found, found it really difficult to pick one to follow. I did go with David Johnson at 10 overall currently, and not because I think he's going to have a bad season or isn't going to be deserving of a top 12 ADP next year, just mostly because of his age. He's going to be 28 next year, and he certainly has less mileage than all other 28-year-old running backs, but it just seems like the dynasty community is, is probably going to dump him out of that top 12, uh, no matter what he does this season.
1: I totally agree with Matt. I went with David Johnson for the exact same reasons. I think, yeah, exactly what Matt said. Uh, even, even with another RB1 season, another 1,000-yard season, we're going to see him fall at least to the early second round. I was choosing between David Johnson and a wide receiver, but I went with the wide out. I took Mike
2: Evans as my guy, and not necessarily because I think Evans is going to have a horrible season or anything like that. Uh, most mostly has to do with Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, and the rest of that offense. I think it might be a little bit more of a shared offense, and, and dynasty owners could, could reflect that. He's not going to fall a lot long ways out of that top 12, but I think he's, he's probably the most likely to. Uh, how about the most likely player currently outside the top 12, Ryan, that you think could take David Johnson's space?
1: Well, I definitely cheated on this one because I took the player that is just one spot outside of the top 12 right now. I took the 13th overall player according to our current ADP, which is Tyreek Hill. Uh, we've already seen him uh, ascend to a top 12 player in value um, prior to his, his off-field issues or, or at least the off-field concerns. So um, assuming that those won't be an issue, which is probably a big assumption. But uh, if, if he plays the full year and, and shows a lot uh, of what he did last year, I think he's back inside that first-round range. I went with Dalvin cook, currently seventeen
0: overall i just I really like what i've seen I, I, and but this is before that huge eighty eight yard run I, I just really liked him a lot. I like the the direction this team is going hiring Kubiak, the running scheme that he's going to implement uh with step 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 stepnowski step finanski whatever whatever his name is <laughs> there the uh the uh, offensive coordinator figurehead there. Uh, with 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 Kubiak pulling the strings, you know they're going to run. Like I said, I think they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets, not only to help emphasize er Smith in the passing game, but also to help out with this running game in terms of their blocking scheme and stuff. Because the offensive line, uh, it, it, I think, it's going to be better than last year. It's still not super strong, but the the addition of these two tight ends uh, running those two sets uh, with them is going to help Dalvin Cook a lot, I think, and uh, should see him get into that top twelve in twenty twenty.
2: Yeah, I like both those choices. Considered both the off the field. Kind of kept me away from Tyreek Hill. The injury history has always been a question mark with Delvin Cook. I went with Nick Chubb, who also has a question mark, of course, because Kareem Hunt will return at some point, and we'll see how that affects him. All three are good choices to, to jump into the top 12. Maybe we'll all be right about that one. Let's go with the bust of the year, the guy that you don't want on your roster uh, he's, he's just not going to come through for you guys. I took Antonio Brown, not because of the skill or, or anything like that. Switching teams at wide receiver is always a concern, of course. Uh, new quarterback, new coaching staff. The off the field stuff is a major concern as well. Antonio Brown should be seen in the same light as Jerry Rice was at at this point, at that point in his career. He's not because of all that off the field stuff and I think it just lingers into on the field this year, especially in Oakland and everything that happens in California and you know the things surrounding the team and it it just seems like a mess. I don't want Antonio Brown on my teams, Matt. Who'd you take?
0: I went with Zach Gertz. I think this has been kind of a running topic all year. This has been kind of my, my sell of the off season. He had 46 more targets than he's ever had in his career last year, uh, 40, 42 catches, I believe, more than he's had ever in his career, 300-plus yards than he's had ever had in his career. I just think he's going to come back down to earth, come back to that pack, and uh, people that are play, paying you know late second, early third-round startup prices for him right now I think
1: are probably going to be a little bit sad by his production this year. They will be for sure. I, I definitely could have gone with either of those players. Lots of concerns, obviously, for very different reasons with A.B. and Ertz. Uh, but I went with Le'Veon Bell. Some of the same concerns, I guess, as Antonio Brown. Of course, coming off a year where he didn't play football, uh, I've actually heard some make the case that that's a good thing for him. I don't see it that way. And and then you factor in the uh, the major downgrade in offense, uh, from the Steelers to the Jets, and uh, I just see Bell as a guy who's going to disappoint this year, and and then you throw in his age, that's only going to uh, hurt his dynasty value and, and his ADP even more. All right, guys, let's talk about uh, MVPs, fantasy MVPs. I guess we should
2: start with Ryan. Who's the who's the MVP going into
1: the end of this season in fantasy? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Juju Smith Schuster. To the surprise of many, I'm sure, but uh, I, I really do, with with AB gone from that team, I really do think Juju ends up as the wide receiver one, both in dynasty uh, uh, in terms of value and in fantasy scoring in 2019. So uh, he is my fantasy MVP. Ryan's staying on brand. I'm also staying on
0: brand here with Christian McCaffrey. I just think it's even if he doesn't get 100 and 100 plus receptions, I think his floor is just so high. Is the consistency that you're going to get from this guy week to week is is going to bring home titles? Uh, so, Christian McCaffrey, pretty easy for me. I'm not buying into the Jordan Scarlett, uh, any of the backup running backs behind them. I think the passing game is going to be better, uh, and he's going to be a big part of that, both, uh, both uh, as a runner and a receiver. So, McCaffrey, pretty easy for me here.
2: Yeah, both excellent choices for sure. I went with. with a a pretty stock pick as well. I took Alvin Kamara. If I had the number one pick in a startup, I would take Kamara. If I had the number one pick in a redraft league, I would take Kamara. He is the guy I want on my team more than anybody else, really. Uh, How about a dark horse, guys? Matt, if there's somebody maybe from outside the top 12 or maybe outside of the top 24, maybe even deeper, somebody that is going to be on fantasy championship rosters that isn't valued such uh who's that guy for you
0: Yeah, I went to Vonta Freeman. Uh, This might be a little controversial, but I think he's a guy that we've seen be a running back one in the past. Injury history, injuries have always been the biggest concern from him. Uh, Kevin Coleman is gone. If he remains healthy, I feel like this is the healthiest offseason he's had in in two or three years now. And that Atlanta offense just feels ready to go for me. They had a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball last year and with really no competition behind him. I mean, I like Quadri Allison quite a bit. Not a big Edo Smith fan. Brian Hill made a little bit of noise but I just think Freeman's going to get everything he can handle this year and and could easily end up as a running back one in 2019 and with a you know fifth round fifth sixth round
1: ADP right now I, I think that's a huge value for him I went with Austin Eckler here this this feels actually a little chalky to me we saw Eckler finish as the RB25 last year and of course that was in a backup or or somewhat of a shared role uh with Melvin Gordon it doesn't look like this Melvin Gordon holdout is going to end anytime soon. In fact, over the weekend we got news that the Chargers had granted him permission to seek a trade. So uh, I don't know if if a trade will be the outcome or if it's if it will just be a long holdout. But regardless, even if uh, even if Gordon does return to the team, I think Eckler can still be uh, a big-time fantasy contributor. Yeah, I you called
2: it chalk. I really like that one. I was the first one to fill out all these. And when I saw Eckler, I thought, yep, that was a good choice for sure. I went back to Lamar Jackson and, and I was thinking, you know, maybe this is, this is probably more of a super flex pick. uh, Although he could make a big dent in, in standard one quarterback leagues as well. I was thinking about the impact that we saw a year ago with Mahomes. Um, I think Jackson with his legs could make a similar impact in fantasy points and and take teams that that maybe aren't necessarily contenders and make them contenders in one fall swoop. So Lamar Jackson's my dark horse. MVP. We'll get to a little bit more of fantasy talk at the end of the show, but first let's talk some NFL predictions, guys. Um, we're going to do division and division champs and wild cards first. We'll start in the AFC. I'll make this pretty easy. We all took the Patriots in the AFC East, we took the Texans in the AFC South, and we took the Chiefs in the AFC West.
1: There was a difference in the AFC North, however. Ryan, who do you have there? First of all, I will say that I'm terrible at these predictions. So uh, if you agree with me, you're probably in trouble. I took the Steelers in the AFC North, though. Ryan, that's probably
2: not good news for me because you <laughs> and I chose 12 teams to make the playoffs and 11 of them are exactly the same. Oh, yeah, that's that's not, that's not,
1: not good for you.
0: <laughs> Matt, who do you have? I went with the Browns, but, I mean, honestly, I could see the Steelers the Browns or the Ravens winning this thing and out of this division I think it's a three-team race there where I don't think any of us are considering the Bengals as 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 a, having a shot there but you know the Browns are just really exciting I want to root for them and everything they're going to do so I want to root for the Ravens too honestly but the Browns seem just a, just a little bit more exciting with OBJ there yeah
2: I originally had the Ravens in there and the last choice I made was to bump them down to the wild card and then I considered the Browns and I bumped the Ravens out of the wild card so I I don't even have I have Lamar Jackson putting up MVP type numbers, and the Ravens not making the playoffs. I guess I'm bad at this too, Ryan. <laughs> that,
0: that seems like it checks out. Yeah, that seems, all seems to check out.
2: So let's talk about the AFC wild cards. Uh, Matt, you had the Browns winning the division. You have the Steelers in as a wild card, though. Ryan and I both had the Steelers winning the division, and the Browns as a wild card. Then we all swept it uh, in as a wild card going to the uh los angeles chargers as well so really the same teams all the way across the board um we'll see how that pans out let's go on to the nfc fellas um lots of the same answers here as well nfc east we all had the eagles nfc west we all chose the Rams. but in the south and the north we changed things up just a little bit let's start in the south matt where who'd you go with there
0: yeah, I went with the Falcons. Just I, I talked about it a little bit with Freeman. Uh, you talked about it a little bit with Calvin Ridley. Uh, 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 oh, I guess we haven't got to that one yet. Spoiler alert: Dan's <laughs> going to talk about Calvin Ridley later. Uh, no, I just think the I, I just think the Falcons. Uh, <laughs> I just think they're ready to go, man. They had so many bad injuries on the defensive side of the ball last year with the, with Keanu Neal, and it just kind of blow up blew up all of their plans right from the get go. So uh, I, I think the I think the Falcons are looking good for 2019, and I'm
1: I'm ready for them to get back into the the thick of things in the playoff ryan yeah nobody's nobody's surprised that dan might talk about calvin ridley that was not not really a spoiler (laughs) alert um i had the saints here they should have been in the super bowl last year and so i I certainly think they're going to win their uh division here i do as well i took the saints when it comes to the nfc north
2: though ryan who'd you pick there
1: I went with the Vikings. I just I couldn't let it be a clean sweep, and I couldn't let this turn into a, a Packers pod. <laughs> I guess that's a spoiler alert. Matt, <laughs> who'd you go with? Again, hey, nobody is surprised uh, from
0: you two. Hey, hey, it's weird I picked the Packers. I think you probably picked them too, Dan. I, I just... Uh, say what you will about Aaron Rodgers and angry Aaron Rodgers but I really do think he's going to play with even more of a chip on his shoulder this year I really hope that him and uh, Lafleur mesh you know I think that's going to be the key to this whole thing is the two of them getting along Uh, Lafleur giving a little bit in terms of letting Rodgers do what Rodgers does and Rodgers you know giving a little bit in terms of letting a coach actually determine what's going to happen with the plays on the field so uh, if all those things happen the additions to the defensive side of the ball uh, the emergence of MVS you know uh, I I just think that they're ready to go this year
2: too oh there's so ifs with the Packers but I think there's so many ifs with the other teams as well the Bears are playing a first place schedule um I I I think teams will catch up to the Bears just a little bit um so I couldn't take the Bears I I'm not a fan of the quarterback in Minnesota or or I, I really don't feel like they're um gonna take a step forward so I couldn't go with the Vikings either I took the Packers but honestly guys I I think only one team makes it out of the NFC North and that team might only go like nine and seven I'm not necessarily super high on any team. I don't think any of these teams are, are making a run to the Super Bowl or anything like that either. Let's move on to the NFC wild cards guys. Matt, you put the Saints in there so we can cross that one off. Ryan, you took the Packers to make the playoffs as a wild card. There are a few different choices though here. I took the Seahawks as one of mine along with the Cowboys uh, had a little bit of a tough time choosing between the Seahawks. Vikings and Falcons along with the Bears but finally landed with the Seahawks I think the addition on defense that happened over the weekend may have helped that Uh, and then the Cowboys with Zeke or without early in the season that schedule is so easy Um, by the time Zeke gets back as long as Cooper's healthy that offense will be ticking I love that offensive line of course Uh, The Cowboys could make a run at the division even, maybe even a run at the Super Bowl. I like what the Cowboys have going on, and and they have to do it now because they're going to have to pay these guys. Uh, Matt, we mentioned that you took the Saints as one of your wild cards. Who's the other
0: yeah, I think there's three teams coming out of the NFC South this year, guys. The Panthers, I think, are right there with the Saints and the Falcons. As long as Cam is healthy, it seems like he is uh, is going to be ready for week one. The offense looks better with, with Curtis Samuels really coming on, and uh, the defense that looks a lot better, too. So uh, I'm excited to see what the South has to do this year. Ryan, uh,
2: I mentioned that you put the Packers in there. Who's the last NFC wild card for you?
1: Yeah, I certainly considered those NFC South teams as well, the Falcons and the Panthers. Uh, I did not consider the Seahawks. I think that's a terrible call, Dan. But uh, instead, I went with the Cowboys, who, who you already mentioned. That clowny pick really helped
0: you out there. Because before that happened, that, before they picked up Clowney, I was like, what are you talking about, Dan? They have no pass rush. I could not no do, secondary. okay, what is happening? The
2: real thing is, I could not do the stock answer on every single one of these. It seems like we're, we're, we're pretty chalk. This is, this is all chalk for all of us. And I needed to pick somebody that wasn't a chalk pick. The Seahawks were that team for me. So let's go on to the championship game and uh, the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that. Uh, AFC championship game participants and
1: winner, Ryan. Who's going to Super Bowl in the AFC? Uh, in the AFC championship game, I had the Texans and the Chiefs playing, and I had the Texans pulling that one out and heading to the Super Bowl. Matt, who'd you choose? I have the same two
0: teams in the championship game, but I went with the Chiefs over the Texans. And I went even
2: chalkier. I think the Texans are a horrible call to go to the Super Bowl. That I, I can't imagine that that's going to happen. I, I, in fact, I was trying to find a way for them not to m- even make the playoffs. I don't, I don't think they'll be nearly as good as a lot of people think. Uh, I took the Patriots and Chiefs and took the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Let's go over to the nfc i had the eagles and the saints in the nfc championship game i'll take the saints to go there uh matt
0: who did you take uh, it's an all birds nfc championship with the eagles and the falcons with the eagles taking home and getting back to the super bowl again
1: hmm. i went with the saints and the rams and like dan i had the saints advancing uh as i said earlier that obviously they should have made the Super Bowl a year ago, got cheated. Uh so they're they're gonna make it this time. I think they'll make it and I think they'll win it.
2: They're my Super Bowl pick, Ryan. Who'd you take? You had the Saints and the Texans. Who comes out on the top? Saints
1: versus Texans. So this time last year the the narrative, the storyline was that the Saints were selling out for their Super Bowl victory. They were trading up in the in the draft to acquire some players that they thought were impact defenders. They were trading picks for backup quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater. The, the team doing that this year is the Texans, uh, certainly making, making plays for uh, guys who are going to help them. Uh, they got tonsil. They made some other moves. They got rid of Clowney and obviously that hurts. But um, as, as I told you earlier, Dan, I think they were already counting him as, as basically being gone anyway. They've upgraded their receiving depth chart. They've upgraded their running back uh, spot, even with the loss of Lamar Miller. I think the Texans are the Super Bowl champions.
0: Yeah, yeah, nothing sounds says Super Bowl like adding Carlos Hyde to your running back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that certainly screams Super Bowl to me. Uh, it was Duke <laughs> Johnson, Duke Johnson, and, and also running back doesn't matter. So whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I went with the Chiefs taking this home. There's no coach in the NFL other than Lafleur, obviously as a Packers fan, uh, that I want to see finally get that Super Bowl ring, and then uh, Andy Reid. So I'm excited about that. Mahomes regression, whatever. It's still he's still the best quarterback. Uh, the defense is certainly a question mark, but they'll get better as the season goes on so chiefs
2: get this yeah that chiefs defense is is really not that good so i I couldn't go that way but i took them all the way to the to the super bowl so uh (laughs) i'm sure we're all gonna be right on most of this stuff before we get out of here guys we we got to bring it back to the dynasty uh i guess the dynasty point of view uh if you could add one player matt to your dynasty roster before the season starts you mentioned a couple earlier in the in the episode like man i wish i had chase edmonds more is that your guy the guy that you want to add more than anybody else before the season starts
0: it's not it's james washington i was i was happy to be able to peel off one one share of of james washington from ryan a little bit earlier this offseason uh i just think he's gonna skyrocket adp wise and value wise
1: uh, after this season ryan who'd you take a shocker i'm sure uh big time shocker i went with juju smith schuster you guys dug a little bit deeper Uh, the way i uh, read this question was uh or or i guess the my, my interpretation on it was who's going to gain uh the most value and of course juju's already being valued as a first round startup pick but i think this time next year he'll be the number one overall startup pick the 101 ahead of barkley ahead of cmc and all the other running backs so i think that is uh, significant enough if and plus he's my favorite player so if i could put him on all my teams i would love to do that. no i like that i like that uh how you
2: how you read it and how you uh how you answered it for sure uh certainly worthwhile i went with calvin ridley so uh i know i already have him on nearly every team but um he's just a guy i want on every team i've been rooting for him since he was in college Uh, and, and he's just, I build my teams around Calvin Ridley. And I I think a big season's, and I I wasn't going to do this podcast doing predictions and not talk about my boy, Calvin. Uh, he's going to catch more touchdowns than Julio. He'll be worth more than Julio a year from now. He's my guy. I'm, I'm, he's my ride or die. I'll be with Calvin till the end. Uh, we're going to remove a guy too, guys. And so instead of the guy you want to add more than anybody else, who's the guy you want to remove more than any other player from your roster before that value just goes through the tank, Ryan?
1: I think there are a lot of players in, in that category. Essentially, who do you expect not to live up to hype, live up to expectations? Uh, I already talked about Le'Veon Bell being maybe a bust this year, but I still think he's he's going to produce... Uh, serviceable numbers uh, a player I'm really worried about is Aaron Jones uh, on on your all's your all's team the Packers uh, a lot of the things that we've already talked about this offseason continue to, to worry me a little bit with him as far as injury history he he does have that that one suspension so hopefully that's uh, not something that lingers but it's still kind of in the back of my mind the coaching change certainly could be a good thing but um it, but you just never know uh, honestly until you see the players in action and, and see what that offense is going to be like. Uh, I guess the only good thing Jones has going for him right now is that, uh, I think all of us probably expected Dexter Williams to be a bigger factor and maybe even earlier in the season. And, and that certainly is not going to be the case. Uh, I guess he barely even made the roster.
0: I went with, uh, Zach Ertz, again, for all the reasons I mentioned before, he's the tight end three currently, you know, 30, 31 off the board right now, I believe. So uh, I just, I just don't see it. I think he's going to be more in that tight end seven, eight range at the end of uh, end of the season. You know, I see a bunch of these younger guys, whether it's Ingram, uh, OJ Howard, Hunter Henry, these guys all kind of leapfrogging him a little bit. And you're going to lose a little bit in terms of his sell value. If you don't get out now.
2: Uh, I went with another running back. I took Marlon Mack and it, kind of goes back to what Ryan was talking about with Naheem Hines and that offense and how we kind of project that out and how we see things happening throughout this season in game specifically. Other parts is it just feels like they're you know we've been talking about it as dynasty owners for years now they're going to invest in the position they need that bell cow running back it seems like they'll do that at some point. Marlon Mack whether he has a nice season uh, as a runner or not uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to be super involved as a pass catcher, and that doesn't add up to to him holding his value throughout the season and, and into next season for sure. So that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. As I said in the opening, it's always fun to record these. I don't know if we necessarily want to be listening to them beyond this coming week. Uh, we'll see if anybody's wrong before week one is even in the books. Uh, until next week... Uh, For Matt and Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Enjoy week one.